discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. What a blessing. Hallelujah. I want to share with a prayer and then we'll start. Father, thank you for this evening. Thank you for your precious Holy Spirit who is leading and guiding us. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that you instruct us in righteousness and help us through your word. Thank you for wisdom, for revelation. For the spirit of wisdom and revelation and understanding that is working in our spirits. Thank you that these words drive us to do what you have designed for us to do before the foundations of the earth. We give you glory, we give you praise, even in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Wow. wow. I've been sharing so many interesting things, isn't it? Wow. I try to make it as simple as possible for all of us to be able to understand and appreciate what God has said in his word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, the last time I was talking about... Um, mystery babylon and the times of the gentiles you know and how that all of that will be crushed by the glorious appearing of jesus christ so no matter what is going on around us um, we have to be very smart we have to be we have to allow the wisdom of god to function in us you know and know that it's all reserved onto fire so you have to be smarter than you are than the rest are hallelujah yeah, I was not saying that to let you, you know, relax and say that, oh, there's nothing in this world for me. This world is not my home. I'm just a passer through. I'm just passing through and I'm going. And that uh, nothing, uh, uh, I'm not concerned with any of, any of the things that are going on on this earth. That's not what the Bible said, you see. So um, we said all of that to let you know what to invest in. Actually, God is interested in us dominating in this world. God is interested in us occupying. Jesus said in Luke, let me show you, in Luke chapter, oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. Luke chapter 19, verse 12 to verse 13. He says, he said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. Next verse. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, occupy till I come. Occupy till I come. Look at the Amplified of verse 13. The Amplified says, calling ten of his own bond servants, he gave them ten minus, each equal to about 100 days wages or nearly $20, and said to them, buy and sell these while I go and return. While I go and then return. You see, so he gave them something expecting them 
to do something with it. You see, so we are not supposed to just sit by and watch the world go. No. We are to take over. You know, they are, remember last, last, the last Sunday I was talking about the seven mountains of, uh, on which the, the woman who was drinking with the abominations of the earth and all that, Mystery Babylon sits, if you remember, the world empires. Now, it can also be explained with the gates. There's something called the world gates or the seven mountains of the world. That is entertainment, sports, uh, what, finance, governance. What else? Family. What else? Called family and culture. And then a seventh one. You know. And it has to do with all the things that happens in our time. All the things that are running. Media, for instance. Media is one of them. All the things that are running and are happening in our time. Do you see? So, God wants us to dominate. He wants us to take over. Don't be a Christian who's just a spectator. Who's not participating in all the things that are going on? Now, remember, God wants us to dominate. Always remember that. He gave Adam dominion. And so we are to have dominion. He's giving us dominion on earth. And we are supposed to have dominion on the earth. If you read in Romans chapter 5, verse 17, he says that, For if by one man's offense, Romans 5, 17, let's read it. For if by one man's offense, death reigned by one, how much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Look at the Amplified of this. I'm just trying to balance it out for you, okay? For if because of one man's trespass, lapse, offense, death reign through that one, much more surely will those who receive God's overflowing grace or merited favor and the free gift of righteousness, putting them into right standing with himself, reign as kings in life through the one man, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the one anointed. In this life, he says we are to reign in this life as kings. So God does not get any glory in your poverty. God does not get any glory in your obscurity. God wants you to come, you know, out of your obscurity and be a light. Jesus said that no man having lighted a candle puts it under a bushel or puts it under the table. If you are light, what do you do? You put it out for all men to see and give glory to God. So... You have to be smarter uh, uh, with respect to some of these things. You know, there are some Christians who have gone on the other side and, and said that, oh, there's nothing in this world for us, so we have nothing to do with the world, and uh, we are just passing through. No, no, that's not what, that's not what the Bible says. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus warned us against greed. That's what I was trying to communicate to you the last time. Greed. Greed. But we must take over. God wants us to take over. I prefer to be part of those who take over yeah. and dominate. Do you see? So look at Luke chapter 12, verse 13 to 21. Luke chapter 12 from verse 13. Today I'm going to be sharing on the age of the kingdom. That is the millennial reign of Christ on earth. That's what I'm going to share. But I'm just using this to introduce it to you. So I will conclude on what we said the last time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So he says, And one of the companies said unto him, Master, speak to my brother that he divide the inheritance with me. Luke 12, 13. Next verse. And Jesus said unto him, Man, who made me a judge or a divider over you? And he said unto them, Take heed and beware of covetousness. So this is where the problem is. This is the problem. And this is what God wants you to be very careful of. That's why he says, Love not the world. Like, don't carry the world and put it on your chest. It's yours. You know, the Bible talks about how that all things are ours. That's true. 
everything in this world is ours. He's talking with the mindset of you dominating and doing what he has called you to do. Making impact, filling the earth with his glory before he comes. Do you see? He is going to come on a certain day to reign a thousand years. But before he comes, he wants us to reign before he comes. He wants us to reign in his absence and practice our rulership here on earth before he comes. So some of you watching me will be the ones who take over said media outlets in the world so that the right things can be said. You see, if we leave it to the people of the world, they are going to destroy everything. If we leave it to the politicians, they will always build hospitals that will not help anybody. But if a Christian is there, a born-again child of God is there, spirit-filled is there, you will use the money to do what you're supposed to do because when you see money, money is not a problem. Money does not move you. You see, money will not cause you to change all of a sudden because you're a child of God. So that is where the problem is. So Luke chapter 12, verse 15, Jesus said, and he said unto them, take heed or be careful and beware of covetousness. What is covetousness? Covetousness is greedy desire to have more, to lavish on yourself. That's what covetousness is. Greedy desire to have more, to lavish on yourself. Do you see? How many houses can you sleep in? That's, that's what we are talking about. We are not saying don't have a house. Have a house and have an ability to, the ability to build so many for others. Have the ability to do so much for others. Do you see? Covetousness is greedy desire to have more, to lavish on yourself, being self-conscious of yourself. Do you see? You are so self-conscious. Every time you're thinking about money, every time you're thinking about um, anything with respect to something good, you are always thinking about yourself. You don't think about somebody else. That's what Jesus wants us to be careful of. You see, being so conscious of your needs and not the needs of the other. And he said unto them, take heed and be of covetousness. For a man's life consisted not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. Have you seen? A man's life does not consist in the abundance of the things which he possesses. That's not your life. Next verse. I have this car. I have this house. I have this one. Your life does not consist in the abundance of the things you possess. No, you leave it. You die and leave it. Whatever you possess should be a blessing to others. Should change other people's lives. Okay, next verse. And he spake a parable unto them. That's verse 16. Saying, the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, what shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, this will I do. I will pull down my bands and build greater. And there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I'll say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease. Eat, drink, and be merry. Chill, like relax. You've made millions at age 40. Millions of dollars at age 40. So it's just about you. You are retiring. You are forgotten about everybody. You are on an island just chilling. God says your wisdom is very small. Your wisdom is very small. Look at Isaiah verse 20. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? Whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? Next verse. So is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. This is the problem. So is he that layeth up treasure for himself. And is not rich toward God. Don't lay up treasure for yourself here on earth. And be poor towards God. 
Because you remember the last time when I was talking, I said that with this, with your money, in First Timothy chapter 6, this with your money, you can lay up a treasure for yourself with God against that day and purchase eternal life for yourself. Do you see? So we must take over. We must take over. I want to show you some more. Psalm 82 from verse 1. Look at Psalm 82 from verse 1. We are in charge and we must deliver the poor and the fatherless and all those people. I mean, there are many people in, in various places who need our help. You see? And we have to become very big and very influential. If you're a Christian, have the mindset of becoming very big and very influential in whatever you're doing. Whatever desire God has put in your heart. Decide that you're going to become very big. Extremely big to be able to help other people. You're not becoming big so that you can buy more cars. You're becoming big so that you can help more people. Do you see? If you have an ability to start a, a company for it to become big, do it. And employ many people and feed many families. A friend of mine has a very big company. You know, and every can you imagine that every Tuesday they have prayer meetings in that company. It's it's not a, a, a day they joke with. They pray throughout the day. Yeah. He has so many people working for him. And that's what they do on Tuesdays. And he's always getting contracts. So everybody in the company, it's like a church. He's running a church in his own small way. Do you see? He says, God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judges among the gods. Next verse. How long will you judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked, Selah? Defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. Then he says, they know not. Neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. Have you seen it? Yes. Next verse. I have said, ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. So he's talking to children of God. He says that you are the, he says, God stands in the congregation of the mighty. Go back to verse 1. I think it's very nice. You and I are the mighty. Children of God are the mighty. God stands in the congregation of the mighty. He judges among the gods. Who are the gods? Remember, he says, they know not that they understand. I've said that ye are gods. You know, and Jesus quoted this in John chapter 10. He said that if he said to those who, to whom the word came, if you call them gods, then what do you say about the one who is the word of God, who has come from God? That was what Jesus said. So he, Jesus knew that the children, of, the children of Israel were described as gods. In God's eye, they were gods. You see, so this scripture is in reference to children of God. So it says, God standing in the congregation of the mighty, he judged among the gods. Verse 2. How long will you judge on just like you gods? How long will you influential people, you wild, you people who have given the opportunity and the power to do great things on earth, how long will you judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? How long will you allow wicked people to have their field day and just do whatever they want to do? One person has a company. He will want to sleep with every young lady who comes to come, come and get employment in that place. He's a wicked man and he's there and he's just fooling around and he's fooling around free of charge. Because the one who was supposed, the Christian was supposed to take over, didn't take over. He went to bed. He didn't allow the, the Holy Spirit to work through him to become big because he only thought that the Holy Spirit was in him for the purpose of heaven. No, it's not just for the purpose of heaven. You must do something here on earth. God is expecting you to influence people. The reason why God wants us to do things here on earth is because of people. Because he wants people to come close to him. And if you are a child of God and you create something that can bring more people in, then it means that he has more people to come close to him. Do you understand? He gets more people to, to be saved by your activity in various ways, in business, in media, in, in family, in culture, in games. 
in entertainment. Yeah. You know, there are some guys who are basketball players who are into who are Christians, very wild Christians, and they are succeeding. Yeah. They've written scriptures on their boots and all of that, and it's bringing so much attention to Christ. Yeah. Look at what they are doing in their field. So if you're a basketball player and you're a Christian, it doesn't mean that now that you're a Christian, stop playing your basketball. Be preaching from morning till evening outside there. <laughs> increasing in that basketball playing and increasing in the football, whatever it is, become big there. Make Christ known there. Reveal Christ in that particular place. That's what God is expecting of us. Wow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So that when they ask you, how come you are succeeding in your business? You say that it's because of Jesus Christ. And you get so many people born again. That's what God is expecting from all of us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not greed. Do you see? Not becoming greedy. So he says, how long will you judge unjustly? Verse 2. And accept the persons of the wicked. Next verse. We allow the wicked to flow. Then he says, defend the poor. God is expecting us to defend the poor and fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Do justice to the afflicted and needy. Defend the poor and the fatherless. Then he says, deliver the poor and, and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. This is what God is expecting us to do. So don't back down. Don't say, oh, this world is not my home. I'm just a pastor. No, no, no. Stop singing that song. Stop singing that song. That's not how God wants you to think. Okay? He wants us to take over. He wants us to dominate. In one of the scriptures that I've used throughout this particular period is Second Thessalonians chapter 2. And there's a place where it says that he that let it will let you know, the day, he's talking about the church and the spirit. The day we are taken away, the world will be very excited because the world will know that we are gone. To be so clear that we are gone. Because a lot of big, big, big things will be left untouched. And they'll be happy because of our absence to be able to do whatever they want to do. Because Christians are going to be dominating in various places. You must have that in your mind. Don't be a Christian who leaves. If, if you leave the contract, the government contracts to the ungodly to go and do, all the money will go to them. Yeah. And they'll use their money for foolish things. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. They'll take so much of the money and use very little to do that road. Yeah. And the road will be... You, people will die on it. They become agents of the devil. He uses them to do various things. But if a Christian gets it, he will use the right amount to do the road. And whatever profit he gets, he will use it to do something good. So don't be a Christian who... Um, is just there. You are not interested in shining. The Bible says, Arise, shine, for thy light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. It says, Behold, gross darkness shall cover the earth. But the light of God, the glory of God is rising upon you. That's what the Bible says. Do you see? Isaiah chapter 60, verse 2. For behold, the darkness, let's read from verse 1. It's nice. Arise, shine. I'm just introducing my subject, okay? Arise, shine, for thy light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Next verse. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. Darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Probably you should read everything for yourself. You see how he talks about the riches of the Gentiles being converted to you. So God, God believes in that. And he wants you and I to believe in what he has said. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go to Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5. Hebrews 13 from verse 5. In the Amplified. Oh, let your character or moral disposition be free from love of money, including greed, avarice, lust, and craving for earthly possessions. And be satisfied with your present circumstances and with what you have. For he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, 
nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down. Relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. This is what God says. He says, let love of money, let it go out of you. Because, you see, if, if you don't let that get out of your system, you'll be surprised at what you do when money comes into your hand. When you get power, when you have influence, you'll be shocked at what you will do. You see. Sometimes some of us pray certain prayers. God, give me a hundred thousand dollars and it doesn't come. And you're wondering why it's not coming. Check your character. <laughs> what will you do? Who in his, who, which parents in his senses will buy a BMW for his three-year-old son? X-Series. X-5. When he asks for a car. Your son says, I want a car. I want a car. Your three, I want a car. And then you buy that for him. To drive. No driver. You want him to drive. He wants to drive. That is, that is his death. You see, so God wants us to be free of these things. That is that is covetousness. But He wants us to dominate. He wants us to dominate. Go back to uh, Psalm 82. Okay, let's finish that read. Oh, hallelujah! So don't make the mistake of thinking that oh, we are just passing through. So uh, let's just be there. That's not what the Bible says. Deliver the poor and needy. Read them out of the hand of the wicked. Verse five. They know not, neither would they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, ye are God, and all of you are children of the Most High. Next verse. But you shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. Verse 8. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. Wow. What a shock. Go to Job chapter 29 from verse 2. It's a long read, but I think it is good we read it. Job chapter 29 from verse 2. It says, O that I were as in man's past, as in the days when God preserved me. This is uh, during the time when Job was in trouble. And he was mentioning his past. He was talking about what he was, he was doing when he had money. When he was powerful. Next verse. When his candles shine upon my head. And when by his light I walk through darkness. As I was in the days of my youth. When the secret of God was upon my tabernacle. He was into the word of God. He knew the word of God. It says the secret of God was upon my tabernacle. The secret of God was in his, in his head. It was inside him. Next verse. When the Almighty was yet with me, when my children were about me, when I washed my steps with butter, and the rocks poured me out rivers of oil. He's talking about money. Money was coming to him. Riches was coming to him. Next verse. When I went out to the gate through the city, when I prepared my seat in the street, the young men saw me and hid themselves. And the aged arose and stood up. Like the, he had so much influence that when the agents saw him, they, they stood up to salute him. And the young man had to hide because Charlie said, this guy is too much. Yeah, he feared God. Listen, fearing God brings you prosperity as well. Wisdom says, in my right hand is the fear of God, and in my left is riches, durable riches. Do you see? Next verse. He says, the princes refrained talking and laid their hand on their mouth. He had influence. The nobles held their peace, and their tongue cleaved to the roof of their mouth. The nobles, oh, the nobles held their peace, and their tongue cleaved to the roof of their mouth. When the ear heard me, then it blessed me. And when the eye saw me, it gave witness to me. Because I delivered. Why all this is, is because I was seen. My influence was seen because I delivered the poor. That cried. And the fatherless, and him that had none to help him. I decided to be a helper of the helpless. I will not be the one who is to be helped. 
I will be the one who will be helping others. That is, that is the position God has designed for you. Remember in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, it says that for we are his workmanship. We are God's workmanship. Recreated in Christ Jesus unto good works. God is looking forward to you doing good works, helping people, changing people's lives. Can you imagine if you have 20 orphans that you're looking after? All of them will give their lives to Christ. And all of them will be in the kingdom of God because of what you did physically for them. They will do, they will do it for others. They will go and do it for others. Hallelujah. Go back to Job chapter 29. He says from the soul, because I delivered the poor that tried and the fatherless and him that had none to help him. Verse 13. The blessing of him that was ready to perish came upon me. And I caused the widow's heart to sing for joy. He was into blessing widows. I put on righteousness and it clothed me. My judgment was as a robe and a diadem. Like he did the right things. I was eyes to the blind. He was into helping the blind. I was eyes to the blind and feet was eye to the lame. I was a father to the poor and the cause which I knew not I searched out. He was into finding things. I don't be a Christian who is not adventurous. You are just there. He says the cause that I knew not. Go back. Verse 16. Do you like my message? I was a father to the poor. There are a lot of Christians who don't even know what is happening. They don't know what is going on. They don't want to know anything. No. He says the cause... I was a father to the poor, and the cause which I knew not, I searched out. I searched it out. I was into research, finding out things, finding out things about the world, how things are going on, and what to do to, be, to have the advantage. Next verse. Verse 17. And I break the jaws of the wicked, and pluck the spoil out of his teeth. I broke the jaws of the wicked, and plucked the spoil. You know what he's talking about? Wicked men who are destroying people's lives. He says, I broke their jaws. I destroyed them and took the spoil out of their mouth. All the people they were destroying, I brought them. I brought them to God. Wow. Verse 18, I like Job, I tell you. Then I said, I shall die in my nest and I shall multiply my days as a sand. Continue. My root was spread out by the waters. He was influential. Kept growing and growing. And the dew lay all night upon my branch. My glory was fresh in me and my bow was renewed in my hand. Next verse. Unto me men gave ear and waited and kept silence at my counsel. I like this one. I prefer this one than being just poor and moving around, going like that. And this is, what, this is the destiny God has for us. Yeah. He wants us to reign and rule on earth by one, Jesus Christ. So we must take over. Okay? Choose to be big. Tell anybody, choose to be big. Choose to be a helper of the helpless. I choose to be a helper of the helpless. Hallelujah. Yeah. So we have, to, we have to dominate. Okay. We must overcome evil with good. Let's go to verse 22. Job 29, 22. After my words, they speak not again. And my speech dropped upon them. Like, he was so influential. When he finished talking, everybody is finished. Wow. It's nice. You can read all the way to 25 if you're interested. Okay. So we must overcome evil with good. Okay, we must overcome the evil that is in this world with our good. So you must increase. Don't don't be a child of God who is into. You are not into studying. You are not into learning. There are some Christians who, um, some years ago, it was really prevalent in this country in Ghana. There are some young people who really bought into the idea of serving God, and decided that they weren't going to go to school again. University boys, they stopped. They didn't want to go to school. They weren't learning nothing because we are preachers. We are doing something for the Lord. God is interested in erudites. He's not interested in foolish people. 
Do you understand what I'm saying? So don't say, oh, this lost goose is not for me. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? God didn't, he didn't, he used educated people, plenty of educated people. Throughout, throughout the world. So don't say that, oh, it's nothing. We can drop school. What are you talking about? We are passing through. Rapture is coming tomorrow. So we are dropping. What are you talking about? How are you going to occupy till he comes? Hey, what are you talking about? You are not going to learn. You are not going to get a job. You are not going to get a business working. You are not going to be hard working. What are you talking about? You must be hard working. Be a hard working Christian. There should be a time in this world where it's only Christians who are in the top places. Why can't a Christian control places like CNN and all these places? And let them talk about proper things instead of talking about foolish things. You are, you know. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at Romans chapter 12, verse 21. I don't know if you like my message. Romans 12, 21. It says, be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. Overcome evil with good. Do you see? So if you are seeing evil things around, then it means a lot of good people are hidden. They are not doing what they are supposed to do. If you see evil, what do you do? Over, it says overcome evil with good. Don't be overcome of evil. Don't sit there and be talking. And the government has done this. And this, this minister did this. And this parliamentarian did this. And this one did. Stand for elections. Why won't you stand for elections? Why won't you rise? Don't say politics is dirty. We are all aware it's dirty. It's dirty because of the kind of people there. Why don't you want to get in there and change it? The whole world is dirty, actually. Everywhere is dirty. There's no place that is not dirty. If you don't get involved, you will not have anything. Okay? So, God speaks to us on both sides. God's word is double-edged. It cuts here and cuts there. You see? It shows you that don't be greedy. Don't be covetous. Yet it will tell you, dominate. Reign. Do what you're supposed to do. Take over. Jesus said, I'm come that you may have life and have it to the full. Have it to the overflow. Enjoy life. He doesn't want you to just be there. He wants to enjoy life and help people. Change people's lives. Help the needy. Be a blessing to others. Can you imagine what you would do with a billion dollars? A politician will get it and not, it will not do anything. He will buy 75 V8. But if you had a billion dollars to do something for the, for the world, for this earth, you, for your country, you would, do, you would do so many good things for your country. You see. When you travel abroad, okay, into some of these nice places, you will see that it's like their leaders think about the people. The leaders think about the people. When you come to Africa, you see that the leaders don't care about the people. They are wicked people who are ready to take anything. How can a, a country's president be richer than the country? Yes, he's richer. When he came in, he didn't have anything. But he stayed in government for some years. After some time in, 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 his, in, his, in his presidency, he became richer than the country. He's richer than the country with all the gold, the bauxite, everything inside the country. He is richer. What kind of wicked? That's a wicked person who is making spoil of many people in the country, denying people from going to school. There are politicians who have decided to make sure their populace that is not educated. Yes. Yes. It's sad. So God wants us to dominate, okay? Never forget that. He wants us to reign here on earth. He wants righteousness to come out of the earth. Hallelujah. Before he comes. So this leads me into the kingdom age. They said there's an age coming, okay, that um, will have righteousness reigning, peace reigning, prosperity reigning, because Christ himself will be here on earth. So in Revelation chapter 20 from verse 1, 
Let's read all the way from verse 1 to verse, from verse, uh, to verse 6. Revelation 20. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So remember, the last time I was sharing concerning how the Christ will come with us, isn't it? And when he comes with us, he will crush human government and all the things that human beings have done over the years. The times of the Gentiles will end. He will crush all their works, all the, the, the money, all the, the world system, everything will be crushed. He will crush everything. He will, and he will, bring, he will institute his own kingdom. Okay? And I want to show you how um, some of the things that are going to be in there and why it is like that. Do you like my message? Um, let's read from verse 1. He says, And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he said, And he laid hold on a dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. So it's not even Jesus who bounds Satan. He's nothing, really. I don't know if you are noticing that Satan, by now you should know that Jesus beat Satan a long time ago. A long time ago. He has, he has a list. And on this day, his list will expire. And that day, the Bible says that a great angel, go back to verse 1. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. He's bound with a chain like a dog. And it's done by an angel. Not God. Not Jesus Christ. And it's not even, they don't mention Michael or Gabriel. It's like some, another angel be somewhere. Wow. Verse 2. Then he says, and he laid hold on a dragon. So don't be afraid of the devil, okay? You can insult him. He, he can't do anything to you. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil, and Satan, and bound him a thousand years. He's bound for a thousand years. And cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more. till so the thousand years should come, should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loose a little season. Verse 4. And I saw thrones, and they sat upon them, and judgment was given unto them. Remember, I was explaining this to you the last time, that this represents the first group, that's us, and all those before us, okay? Then he goes on to say, and the souls of them that were beheaded for the witness of Jesus, these are the tribulation saints, and for the word of God, and which had not worshipped the beast, neither his image, neither had received his mark upon their foreheads or in their hands. And they lived and reigned with Christ a thousand years. Verse 5. But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. I've explained all this to you, if you remember. Then it says, Blessed and holy is he that has part in the first resurrection. On such the second death has no power. But they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with him a thousand years. So there's a 1,000 year reign of Christ. Physical reign of Christ on earth. You know, years ago, it was um, a lot of Bible scholars define this millennial reign of Christ. The word millennial is the word thousand, isn't it? And they were saying that this reign of Christ was, uh, was not physical, was not literal, it was um, figurative. You know? But then it, has, it actually has a literal meaning. It has a literal, it's going to happen literally according to the scriptures. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So this is the kingdom that, Jesus is given the kingdom that God covenanted with David. Okay? In 2 Samuel chapter 7, from verse 8, God says some things to David through the prophet Nathan. Now therefore, so shalt thou, thou say unto my servant David, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I took thee from the sheep court, from following the sheep, to be ruler over my people, over Israel. Verse 9. 
And I was with thee whithersoever thou entest, and have cut off all thine enemies out of thy sight, and have made thee a great name, like unto the name of the great men that are in the earth. God is talking to David. Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and I will plan them that they may dwell in a place of their own, and move no more. Neither shall the children of wickedness afflict them any more as before time. It's a long read, but I want to read it to you, okay? And as since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel, and have caused thee to rest from all thine enemies, also the Lord telleth thee that he will make thee an house. Next verse. And when thy days be fulfilled, and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. That was uh, Solomon. Then he says, He shall build an house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. So he says that the throne that Solomon will sit on, he will establish it forever. Isn't it? Yeah. I will be his father, and he shall be my son. If he commits iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men, and with the stripes of the children of men. Next verse. But my mercy shall not depart from him, as I took it from Saul, whom I put away before thee. Verse 16 is what I want you to see. Then he says, And thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever before thee. Thy throne shall be established forever. Wow. wow. And thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever before thee. Thy throne shall be established forever. So this is God's promise to David. This is what God said to David. He covenanted with David that your throne will be forever. Your kingdom will be established. Your house and your kingdom shall be established forever and your throne shall be established forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at Psalm 89 from verse 20. I want to read scriptures to you. Psalm 89 from verse 20. I have found David my servant. With my holy oil have I anointed him. With whom my hand shall be established. Mine arm also shall strengthen him. The enemy shall not exact upon him. Nor the son of wickedness afflict him. And I will beat down his foes before his face. And plague them that hate him. I see God doing this for you in Jesus name. Next verse. Verse 24. But my faithfulness and my mercy shall be with him. And in my name shall his horn be exalted. Verse 25. I will set his hand also in the sea and his right hand in the rivers. Wow. He shall cry unto me, thou art my father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. Also I will make him my firstborn, higher than the kings of the earth. My mercy will I keep for him forevermore, and my covenant shall stand fast with him. Amazing. His seed also will I make to endure forever, and his throne as the days of heaven. Are you seeing it? Yeah. If a children forsake my law and walk not in my, in my judgment, if they break my statutes and keep not my commandments, then will I visit their transgression with the rod and their iniquity with stripes. Nevertheless, my loving kindness will I not utterly take from him, nor suffer my faithfulness to fail. Hey. Then it says, my covenant will I not break nor alter the thing that has gone out of my lips. I will not break my covenant with them. And I will not alter the things that are going out of my lips. Wow, verse 35. Once have I sworn by my holiness that I will not lie unto David. Hey, his seed shall endure forever. And his throne as the sun before me. Verse 37. <laughs> it shall be established forever as the moon. And as a faithful witness in heaven. Selah. 
So the throne of David is something God has said was, will, be, will be there forever. Have you seen it? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let me show you more. I'm giving you more evidence. Psalm 132 verse 11. So this, this is the kingdom covenanted, uh, covenanted to David, okay? By God. Psalm 132 verse 11. The Lord has sworn in truth unto David. He will not turn from it. Of the fruit of thy body will I set upon thy throne. Have you seen it? Yeah. If thy child will keep my covenant, blah, 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 blah. Go back to verse 11. He says, the Lord has sworn in truth unto David. He will not turn from it. Of the fruit of thy body will I set upon thy throne. Wow. wow. So Jesus is described as a son, as a son of David. Yeah. In Matthew chapter 1 verse 1. Hallelujah. Look at it. Matthew chapter 1 verse 1. I wanted to take you through the genealogy of Jesus and show you how Jesus came out of David as a seed of David. But it will take another one out. So let's just skip it. He says, the book of the generation of Jesus Christ. Then he calls him the son of David. The son of Abraham. Jesus is the son of David meant to sit upon the throne of David forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this is what the Jews know. They know him as Messiah ben David. The Messiah, the son of David. They are expecting somebody who will come. To come and establish a throne and sit on it forever. That's what they know. They didn't know Messiah ben, ben Joseph. Messiah son of Joseph. Yet Jesus came as Messiah son of Joseph during his first advent. But the, the second advent is going to come, or this, the, whatever I've been showing you, is going to come as a king. Remember, when he's coming down in Revelation chapter 19, he had a crown on his head. And he had a name written on his thigh, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And out of his mouth proceeded the sword that destroyed the nations of the earth. He will come as a king. He says, behold, he cometh to the clouds, and every eye shall behold him. That's what they know. So on that day, when they see him coming out of the clouds, oh, this is Messiah, son of David. Hallelujah. So if you look at um, Luke chapter 1, verse 31 to verse 33, when the angel was talking to Mary, he said something, and behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. This is an angel talking. He shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father, David. Have you seen it? Next verse, verse 33. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end. So there's a prophecy about Jesus and his kingdom. Through David. That is going to be established. And that is why he's coming the second time. He's coming to rule. And he will rule for 1,000 years. With righteousness. The Bible says that the kingdom of God is not meat and drink only. But the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So during his reign, there will be righteousness. Righteousness is equality. Everybody being treated right. There wouldn't be one person who is poor in there. Everybody be treated right. Justice is the foundation of God's throne. Please, are you understanding? Go to Romans chapter 1, verse 1 to verse 3. Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Then it says, concerning his son, Jesus Christ our Lord which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh. He was made of the seed of David, what? According to the flesh. Do you see? So Jesus is the seed of David according to the flesh. And in Matthew, you can read Matthew chapter 1, 
from verse 1 down to verse uh, 20, you will see the genealogy of Jesus Christ. One is traced through Joseph. Okay? There were two sons of David. David had several sons, but there are two sons of David through whom um, the genealogy is traced. There's one in Luke chapter 3. The one in Luke chapter 3 traces the genealogy from Jesus Christ through uh, the mentions as was supposed. Uh, we can read it if you want to. Luke chapter 3. Let's read from verse 23. And Jesus himself began to be about 30 years of age. Being as was supposed. Have you it? Yeah. Being as was supposed. Everybody thought he was the son of Joseph. Which was the son of Heli. Then he continues. Which was the son of Martha. You know Jesus was not the son of Joseph actually. Yeah. Joseph did not. It's not Joseph's seed that produced Jesus. It was the seed of God that produced Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So in this particular one he traces all the way to david and back to to adam okay uh-huh. but if you've noticed if you can show us a place where david is mentioned which was this verse 31 which was a son of milia which was a son of minan which was a son of Mathata, which was a son of nathan which was a son of david so in this particular genealogy nathan is the one who is highly connected to david David had a son called Nathan, isn't it? But I thought God said that the seed was going to come through Solomon. God never said it was going to come through Solomon. God said that Solomon's throne, with respect to Solomon, he spoke about the throne. So Jesus comes to sit on Solomon's throne, not a seed out of Solomon. It's a seed out of Nathan, who is connected to David. And actually, this is the genealogy of Mary, not of Joseph. So, go back to Matthew chapter 1. Read your Bible. God does not waste a single letter or a single comma. Everything is important to him. The one in Matthew chapter 1 says, the book, the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Continue. Abraham begat Isaac, and Isaac begat Jacob, and Jacob begat Judas. Go down to verse 14, I think. Um, go, go to the place where Joseph is mentioned. Go to the place where Joseph is mentioned. And Jacob begat Joseph, and the husband of Mary, isn't it? Of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. But in the other place, we see that Joseph's father was Heli. Maybe you should sit down and look at it well. Show us the other place. And Jesus himself began to be about 30 years of age, being as was supposed the son of Joseph, which was the son of Heli. But in the other place, it says Joseph, the son of Jacob. So is there a confusion? No, one is a tracing to Solomon, which is the throne aspect. And one is a tracing through Nathan, which is the seed aspect. So he's a seed of David with, through Nathan, and he sits on the throne of Solomon through Solomon. <laughs> Please, you get it? Yeah. yeah. So if you go down, if you look for where David is mentioned, go to the place where David is mentioned in the genealogy. If I had time, I would have taken you through the various aspects, even through the history, what happened and all of that, but... Verse 6, okay. And Jesse begat David the king, and David begat the king. David the king begat Solomon of her that had been the wife of Urias. Next verse. And Solomon begat Roboam, and Roboam begat Abia, and Abia begat Asa. So in this particular one, Solomon is mentioned as a direct seed to, to David from which Joseph comes. Joseph, the father of Jesus, as was supposed. 
comes. I don't know if you get it. Uh -huh. So in, 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 the, in the genealogies, we see two aspects. One through Nathan and one through Solomon. And I'm saying that the one through Solomon is with respect to the throne. And the one through uh, Nathan is with respect to his seed. Who, gave, who, was, who was pregnant? Mary, isn't it? Uh -huh. So Mary is actually f for uh, Mary's genealogy, not for Joseph's genealogy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So God promised the throne to David's son. It wasn't Solomon. It was actually the seed of David, which was uh, Christ, who was to come. Okay, so in Acts chapter 2, verse 29. Look at Acts chapter 2, verse 29. You know Solomon lost the throne. Solomon, Solomon did not die uh, in the Lord. When Solomon was dying, God was angry with him. Okay, you can read it for yourself. Uh, I think First Chronicles chapter 11, I think. Men and brethren, let me freely speak. Acts 2, 29. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David. That he is both dead and buried, and the sepulchre is with us this unto this day. This, this is Peter talking. Then he says, Therefore, being a prophet and knowing that God has sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. Have you seen it? Uh -huh. Next verse. He seeing this before speak of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. So David said some things. He prophesied concerning Christ's coming. He was going to come as a seed in his flesh. That was through Nathan, not through Solomon. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, on that day, Jesus will come to come and fulfill all scriptures. And when he comes, he will establish a throne. He will sit on a physical throne, which is the throne of David, and shall be in Zion, which is in Jerusalem, and shall rule from there. Hallelujah. So it will happen literally. And you see, I've showed you scriptures that shows that it's going to happen literally. Yeah. David knew it was going to happen literally. Solomon knew it was going to happen literally. They were expecting their seed yeah. to come and come and do that. Please, you get it. Yes, so don't never think that, oh, it's a, it's, it's, it's a figurative something. It's not. It's a, it's a real thing that is going to happen literally on that day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So Jesus will come and come and rule the earth with his wife. I'll show you scriptures along those lines. Let's read Revelation 19:11. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he does judge and make war. Have you seen it? He does judge and make war in righteousness. Then he says, His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. That's Jesus Christ. And the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine lining, white and clean. Then he says, And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treaded the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of God. Hallelujah. So he rules, but he doesn't rule alone. He rules with his wife, which is the church. Not just a church, but a conglomeration of all the saints of old. By this time, the marriage would have happened. Remember, the marriage was not between the church and Christ alone. It had to do with all the other saints in all the other ages and dispensations that have come yeah. and gone. Please, you understand? Yes. So, Abraham will be part of this. All of us will be part of this. All of us will come with him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, he comes to come and reign with his wife. Go to Revelation chapter 3, verse 21. Revelation 3, 21. Do you like my message? Okay. To him that overcometh the light grant to sit with me in my throne. 
even as I also overcame and I'm set down with my father in his throne. Right now, Christ is seated with the father in his throne, in the father's throne. But he says there's a time coming when he will have his throne. And we will sit with him in his throne. In other words, we will judge with him. We will be with him. And everything we do will be with him. Please, you understand? Yeah. Right now, he's seated in the father's throne and he does everything with the father. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh-huh. So, uh, Revelation chapter 5, verse 8, verse 10. You see more evidence of the fact that Christ will reign and rule with us, with his wife. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of orders, which are the prayers of saints. And they sang a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and hast made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth now the rain begins from now like I, I was telling you earlier it begins from now practice now because in revelation chapter 1 verse 5 look at revelation chapter 1 verse 5 and from jesus christ who is a faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests unto god and and his father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever he made us kings immediately he washed us from from our sins in his own blood so we are not to wait to be made kings on that day we are kings now here on earth and we must reign we must king with him please you understand his kingdom is extended through us he extends his kingdom through us we reign and rule with him here on earth remember he's he's seated to we are seated together in heavenly places in christ jesus we are seated with him right now Please, you understand? And we reign. We extend his kingdom here on earth. We are his ambassadors here on earth. And we must bring his kingdom here on earth. So he begins with that. And that's why I said earlier that this is a practice. He wants us to practice. So if you are not dominating in any way, you are not practicing as you are supposed to. Because there's a day coming when we shall reign with him on earth, literally, physically speaking. You'll be seated and we'll be seated with him. Wow. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Go to Revelation chapter 11. Verse 15 to verse 18. And the seventh angel sounded, and there were great voices in heaven, saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. Next verse. And the four and twenty elders which sat before, before God on their seats fell upon their faces and worshipped God, saying, We give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art and was and art to come, because thou hast taken to thee thy great power and hast reigned. So he'll, be real, he'll be ruling with, an, with, the, with the rod of iron. I'll show you. Verse 18. And the nations were angry, and thy wrath is come, and the time of the dead, that they should be judged, that thou shouldest give reward unto thy servants, the prophets, and to the saints, and to them that fear thy name, small and great, and shouldest destroy them which destroy the earth. Have you seen it? Yeah. So he shall destroy all those who destroy the earth, and he shall reign and give rewards to his saints. Now I'm going to talk about the rewards proper, proper. I want to finish all this, then I'll pick that one up. So the next thing I'm going to talk about, after I talk about the second coming of Christ like we are doing, is to talk about what to do with the first coming. <laughs> so if, if we continue online meetings, that's what I'm going to share. What to do with the first coming? What should you do with the... The first coming has happened, or he's come already. So what should you do with the first coming in order to have a very good place with him on that day? Hallelujah. In the second coming. Do you like what I'm saying? Yeah, so, Revelation 15, 2 to 4. I have some few scriptures to read to you and then we'll close. And I saw as it were a sea of 
glass mingled with fire, and them that had gotten the victory over the beast, and over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, stand on the sea of glass, having the house of God. Next verse. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, say, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty, just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Verse 4. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee, for thy judgments are made manifest. So during that time, there will be, actually what will happen is that the Jewish worship will be reinstituted. Just that there will not be sacrifices of blood, because the one who they would have sacrificed was sitting in the temple physically. So they will come, every nation will come. It will be mandated, you know, for every nation to come. People will have to come every day to come and come and worship. And go. the worship we know today will be changed. You have to go to one place to go and go and worship the Lord. Wow, it will not be a small thing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I want to show you a few things about the millennial reign of Christ, okay? It will be a time of universal peace, prosperity, long life. The Bible says that the youngest person will die at age 100. Isaiah chapter 65, verse 17 to verse 25. Let's, let's see it. Isaiah 65, 17 to 25. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered, nor come into mind. But be ye glad and rejoice forever in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem a rejoicing, and her people a joy. And I will rejoice in Jerusalem, and joy in my people. And the voice of weeping shall be no more heard in her, nor the voice of crying. There shall be no more thence an infant of this, nor an old man that has not filled his days. For the child shall die at an hundred years old. But the sinner being an hundred years old shall be accursed. Isn't it? So the youngest person shall die at hundred. Like, you didn't grow cry. What, this would be the water shock. The, the obituary that will have what a shock on it will be a what a shock with 100 years as the age. So long life will come. Men will live on the earth. People can go all the way to a thousand years because Christ will be living, will be here on earth for a thousand whole years. It will be a very exciting time. And there are various things that it comes with. Okay? So it will be a time of universal peace, prosperity, long life, and prevailing righteousness. It will be a literal reign on earth with Christ. Psalm 72 from verse 1 to verse 20. Long scriptures. Many, many scriptures. I just want to read them to you. I don't want to say anything. I just want to show you what the Bible says so that you see it for yourself. He says, Give the king thy judgments, O God, and thy righteousness unto the king's son. Next verse. David was giving insight into many of these things. So if you read Psalms, you see plenty of things in reference to the new Jerusalem, the kingdom age, and even Christ's coming and Christ's suffering. God gave him insight, seriously. Give the king thy judgments, O God, and thy righteousness unto the king's son. Verse 2. He shall judge thy people with righteousness. So that's what will be happening during the kingdom age. And thy poor with judgment. Next verse. The mountain shall bring peace to the people, and the little hills by righteousness. I mean, everything will be peaceful. You will not have accidents and uh, natural disasters, all those things will cease. Christ's literal reign on earth will come with so much peace. He says, he shall judge the poor of the people, he shall save the children of the needy, and shall break in pieces the oppressor. They shall fear thee as long as the sun and moon endure throughout all generations. He shall come down like rain upon the moon grass, as showers that water the earth. Wow. In his day shall the righteous flourish, and abundance of peace so long as the moon endureth. Have you seen it? 
peace. I mean, no wars, none of those things. He says, even the swords and all that will be changed into plushes. They'll be changed into ricks. No swords, nothing. There wouldn't be any of those things around. Next verse, verse 8. He shall have dominion also from sea to sea, and from the river unto the ends of the earth. The whole earth will be his. They that dwell in the wilderness shall bow before him, and his enemies shall lick the dust. All those who didn't like him will lick his feet. The kings of Tarshish and of the isles shall bring presents. You see, they could all bring presents into his temple. Jesus will build a literal temple. Okay? The kings of Sheba and Seba shall offer gifts. Yea, all kings shall fall down before him. All nations shall serve him during that time. For he shall deliver the needy when he crieth, the poor also, and him that has no help. He shall spare the poor and needy, and shall save the souls of the needy. Wow! He shall redeem their soul from deceit and violence, and pressure shall their blood be in his sight. And he shall live, and to him shall be given of the gold of Sheba. Prayer also shall be made for him continually, and daily shall, be, shall he be praised. Every day people will come and be praising him. There shall be an handful of corn in the earth upon the top of the mountains. The fruit thereof shall shake like Lebanon, and they of the city shall flourish like grass, the grass of the earth. His name shall endure forever. His name shall be continued as long as the sun, and men shall be blessed in him. All nations shall call him blessed. Blessed be the Lord God, the God of Israel, who only doeth wondrous things. Wow. And blessed be his glorious name forever. And let the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. amen. Look at verse 20. The prayers of David, the son of Jesse, are ended. Wow. What a shock. So people come and come and worship. Righteousness will reign. Peace will reign. During that time, even the sun will not be as hot as it is. Jesus is going to bring a cover. There will be a covering on top of the surface of the earth. So the temperature of the whole world will be the same, like it was before. You know, in the Jewish weddings, after the marriage, the marriage is actually conducted under something called the hoopah, C-H-U-P-P-A. It's a shade under which they stay. That prevents the sun from getting to them. So Jesus, because his wife will be here, there will be a hoopah over the earth. And they will be under the hoopah, ruling and reigning and enjoying. The hoopah is the place for enjoyment as well. Wow, it's not going to be a small thing. Look at Isaiah chapter 9 from verse 6 to verse 7. I want to be part of this whole. I don't think you should sacrifice anything for this. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son, a son is what? Is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. Literally. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. The Mighty God. The Everlasting Father. The Prince of... You know who he's talking about, right? He's talking about Jesus Christ. He says, for unto us a child was born. That was his first advent. Then he says, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. All governments will be upon his shoulder. He shall rule and reign. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. The Mighty God. The Everlasting Father. The Prince of Peace. Next verse. Then he says, of the increase of his government and peace. There shall... You see, peace is... He's, the, he's got the Prince of Peace. It's one of the cardinal things. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. And upon, upon the throne of David. So he'll be sitting upon the throne of David. And upon his kingdom to order it, to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Wow. wow. Chapter 11, Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1 to 7, verse 1 to 9. I have plenty of scriptures to read to you. I don't want to talk. As I'm reading, you see that the scriptures are telling you how it will be like. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse. He's talking about Jesus. And a branch shall grow out of his roots. 
So Jesus said, because of the scripture, Jesus said something. He asked the Pharisees, is it not written that, and they shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. If he's going to come out of Jesse and out of the root of, uh, of Jesse, how come David called him Lord? Yeah. yeah, He was trying to say that, even though I, this is my natural genealogy, but I am higher. <laughs> wow. He says, and there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Verse 2. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Continue. And shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. Now, during this time, men will still be evil. Sin is not taken out of the world yet. Remember, he says that the sinner shall die, shall be a curse at hundred. So Christ will be making an effort to help men. Christ will have a literal, he will be here literally. Jesus will be here literally. And will be ruling and reigning with him here literally. And you have people who are not still correct in the system. And he will be telling them to follow his commands, to follow his rules. Okay? Some will. And some will not. Even though there's peace, there's judgment, there's prosperity, there's everything good you can think about. Even some nicer, there are nicer things inside. But you, let's go on, you see. I'm saying this for a reason. It is but with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove the equity for the meek of the earth. So because of man's unjust nature, there will still be some poor people which you give judgment to. He says he shall not judge after his hearing. Are you getting it? Yeah. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth. Okay? Actually, he's going to be ruling with the rod of iron. And uh, the word rod of iron has to do with Iron has to do with force. Remember, the Roman Empire ruled was called iron. It was very, very forceful. So everybody on earth will be compelled to worship the Lord. Will be compelled to follow his commands. Okay, you let me show you some scriptures along those lines. And I will come back to this. He will rule with a rod of iron. Revelation 19, 15. I mentioned it to you. Let's go to Revelation chapter 2, verse 26 to 27. Revelation 2, 26 to 27. Then we'll come back to this, okay? And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him I will give power over the nations. Next verse. And he shall rule them with the rod of iron. As a vessel of a potter shall they be broken to shivers, even as I received of my father. So we shall reign with him with the rod of iron. So all of us will be there to institute his rules and his commands for the earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Remember at that time we will have our resurrected bodies. So we can appear and disappear. If you want to know more about the resurrected body, you can read John chapter 20 onwards. When Jesus came back from, from the dead, Luke chapter 23 onwards, you see it. Jesus didn't have to open doors. He could appear and disappear. He could change his form even. There was a day in John chapter 20, he came as an old man on the shore of the, of the seas of Galilee. And the disciples saw him and they thought, ah, this is a, he's an old man. When they got closer, he changed. And became Jesus. They knew, they knew that he was just when he broke the bread. I don't know if you get it. So during this time, we, will have, we can change. You can change into various forms and do various things. And God will give us rule over many cities. Ten cities. Some will be rulers over five cities, depending on what you did with the first coming. So I'm going to talk about what you are supposed to do with the first coming. Depending on what you did with the first coming, you'll be given authority over various places. And you'll be ruling with an iron rod, with force. Everybody should obey the Lord. Everybody should come and come and worship. We will have so much power that we can even prevent rain from coming on those yeah. who do not obey. Yeah. It will not be a small thing. 
<laughs> so go back to Isaiah chapter 11, we're in verse 4. But the righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth. Have you seen it? And with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. This is even before, this is the, the judgment, the great judgment that happens to uh, when he comes, when he arrives immediately. Then he says, And righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins, and faithfulness the girdle of his reins. Like you have a nice rule, but people are stubborn. He says, The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb. Wow. Isn't that nice? The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, and the leper shall lie down with the kid. Now, this happens both in the 1,000-year reign and also in the New Jerusalem. So, there's a foretaste of that. Okay? And the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. Wow! Next verse, verse 7. And the cow and the bear shall feed. This is what they don't talk, but they shall feed. Their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. And the second child shall play on the hole of the asp, and the winged child shall put his hand on the cockatrice's den. A cockatrice is a snake. It's a type of snake. They shall put his hand in his den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord, as the waters that cover the sea. Wow! It will be a very nice experience. It will happen literally, I tell you. You see? But during his rule, like I said, he'll be ruling with an, with an iron rod. All of us will be ruling with him with an iron rod, pushing men to obey him. <laughs> pushing men to obey him and to trust him and to believe him and to believe in his government. Okay, But there are some stubborn people who will not. Even after Jesus comes to sit here on earth for 1,000 years reigning. Amazing, isn't it amazing? So after, remember, during this 1,000 years, Satan is kept in the bottomless pit. The bottomless pit is, is a pit that does not have a bottom. So we'll be falling for 1,000 years. And there, there are a lot of things that come out of the bottomless pit. Uh, if you read in Revelation chapter 5, I think, the Bible talks about during the Great Tribulation. I didn't mention this when I was talking about the Great Tribulation. An angel opens the bottomless pit and some smoke comes out of it. And the smoke turns into some kind of Locust that has a scorpion tail with the face of a lion and the teeth. It's not as small. Maybe you should, you should read it. The bottomless is another type of place that comes with all kinds of things. So it's Revelation chapter 9, verse. Let's read from verse 1. Revelation chapter 9, from verse 1. And the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fall from heaven onto the earth, and to him was given the key of the bottomless pit. Have you seen it? And he opened the bottomless pit, and there arose a smoke out of the pit, as the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by reason of the smoke of the pit. And there came out of the smoke locusts upon the earth, and unto them was given power, as the scorpions of the earth have power. And it was commanded them that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither any tree, but only those men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. Remember, God seals some people, 41, 44,000, if you remember. Uh -huh. So those who have the seal of God in their foreheads are not touched. They don't eat grass. They don't eat any of those things. They just hate. They are there to bite men which have not the seal of God in their foreheads. Go down. Go to, go to the next verse. And to them was given that they should not kill them, but that they should be tormented five months. And their torment was a torment, was that the torment of scorpion when he striked a man. And in those days shall men seek death and shall not find it. And shall desire to die and death shall flee from them. Hey. And the shapes of the locusts were like unto horses prepared unto battle. Hey. 
and on their heads were as it were crowns like gold, and their faces were as the faces of men. And they had hair as the hair of women, and their teeth were as the teeth of lions. And they had breastplates as it were breastplates of iron. And the sound of their wings was as the sound of chariots of many horses running to battle. And they had tails like unto scorpions, and there were things in their tails, and their power was to head men five months. It will not be easy for human beings on earth during that time. So in this same bottomless pit where these these guys come out of, Satan will be put there. So he too will not have it easy there at all. I don't know what will happen there. But he will be there for 1,000. He's bound for 1,000 years, kept in that place. And after the 1,000 year reign of Christ, when the 1,000 year reign is ending, Satan will be loosed again. So go back to Revelations. Revelations chapter 20. Let's read from verse 7. I don't know if I've showed you some more, some, something about the 1,000 year reign. So we'll be reigning and ruling with him. We'll be in a place called the camp of the saints. I'll mention this in a few minutes from now. There'll be, there'll be a place called the camp of the saints. It will be in Israel. That's where all of us will be. And during that time, we can, you can teleport to any place at any time. You can go and come. No visa, no nothing. You can go and come. You can go to heaven and come. We'll be here on earth, but you can go to heaven and come. Very easily. Within a second you are in heaven, within another second you are here on earth. You can go here, you can go there, you can visit the stars, you can do so many things. So we'll be, he'll be judging, he'll be ruling and reigning with us, remember. So we will be the ones enforcing his rules, enforcing his commandments, enforcing what he says to the people of the earth. Some of us will be in charge of families. Others will be in charge of individuals, depending on what you did. You may be in charge of an individual, you may be in charge of a small boy somewhere. <laughs> and others will be in charge of cities, 10 cities, 20 cities nations and all of that some will be babysitters <laughs> hallelujah. hallelujah praise the lord hallelujah. okay so revelation 20 verse 7 it says and when the thousand years are expired satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth gog and magog now remember remember that when Jesus, I remember telling you that when Jesus comes physically, he will sit down and judge. It's called the judgment of the sheep and goat. You remember? Yeah. Uh, Matthew chapter 25, I think. He separates those who uh, helped his brethren, that's the Israelites, from those who did not. Those who did not go into perdition, those who did will enter. So their qualification for coming to his kingdom for the 1,000 year reign to live for that long was not because they believed in him, but because they did something good for Israel during that period. So those people are the ones who they'll be living 1,000 years with, no, with people not dying frequently. It's a very long time. So there'll be a multiplication of many people on the earth. If nobody's dying for 1,000 years. Do you know 1,000 years? That's a long time. So you have so many people on the earth. Some will obey the Lord and respect him and honor him. Some will not. Amazingly. With Jesus here physically, so it's not about you seeing Jesus or not. Because this people prove to us that whether you see Jesus or not, if you are stubborn, you are stubborn. Don't say, if, Jesus, if I see Jesus with my eyes, I'll believe him. You are lying. Ask the children of Israel. The children of Israel are proof to us that that does not work. What didn't they see? They saw the rest open physically. Like it opened like this. And they walked on dry grounds and crossed. Some few days later, they sinned against God and were insulting God. And he closed back. They saw it closing back to destroy the Assyrians, the Egyptians. 
They saw manna coming from heaven. They saw quails come to their camp. They saw water coming out of a rock. They saw the earth open for people to go inside. They saw all those things. When the earth opened and people went inside, the following day they said Moses is the one who has sinned. And the, the following day, 14,000 people were killed by God. Can you imagine? Wow. Hmm. They saw God descending on Mount Sinai physically. It was not a small thing, yet they still did not believe. You can read 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Let's read it. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 from verse 1. 1 Corinthians 10, 1. So that does not work. And it's proven again in this particular period. Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud. He's talking about Israel. And all passed through the sea. And were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea. And did all eat the same spiritual meat. They all ate the manna. And they don't drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. There was a rock bouncing behind them. Can you imagine? That rock that Moses struck the first time was the same rock that followed them throughout their journeys in the desert, giving them water. It was bouncing. They were fearful people. Cloud, they saw cloud, a cloud covering them and preventing them from being hit with the sun by day. Giving them an air-conditioned atmosphere to walk in. And in the night, that cloud would change to become a pillar of fire and give them heat in the desert. Because in the desert, at night, it's very, very cold. To give them heat, they were okay. Their clothes, they didn't have to buy new clothes. The clothes that they wore and came out of Egypt were the same clothes they wore for 40 years. Their shoes did not have to wear out. If you came out of Egypt as a four-year-old, your shoes grew with you as you grew. You can check it in Hosea, some in Psalms, all those places. I'm not here to explain those things to you. I'm just mentioning them. They saw those things, saw miracles. But it was not an easy thing. Go to verse 4. 1 Corinthians 10, 4. And did all drink the same spiritual drink for that they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Verse 5. But with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Have you seen it? It says they were overthrown in the wilderness. Then it says, Now these things were our examples to the intent that we should not last after evil things as they lasted. Next verse. Neither be ye idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day three, three and twenty thousand. Wow. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of, the, of serpents. They did foolish things. Even though they saw all these things. So it's not seeing, it's not believing. Cancel that out of your dictionary or out of your philosophy. There's nothing like seeing is believing. It says Christ, whom having not seen, Yet ye, be, ye believe and love with joy unspeakable that is full of glory. You see. So, it is not seen that is believing. You believe before you see. These people will see. Jesus said, blessed are those who have not seen yet believe. These people will see Jesus physically in the temple. They'll be going and coming, going and coming, going and coming. And they'll see us appearing and disappearing. Yet when Satan is released, they'll follow him. <laughs> Many of them will follow him. It's amazing. Revelation chapter 20, verse 7, once again. And when the thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth. Gog and Magog. So another battle will come. Called, apart from the battle of Armageddon, which comes a thousand years before, another battle will come called the battle of Gog and Magog. Okay? 
So he says, let me read it again from verse 8. It says, and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle. The number of whom is as the sand of the sea. Can you imagine? The number of people he's able to deceive is as the sand of the sea. As the sand of the sea. Plenty of people. But this battle is not fought. Nobody will fight them. Next verse. And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about. The camp of the saints are the, our camp. Where will be? Our headquarters, where Christ is. They will compass about it. They will come again to Jerusalem to come and, like we are coming to fight. Then it says, And they went up on the breadth of the earth and compassed the camp of the saints about and the beloved city, which is Jerusalem, okay? Then it says, And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. The fire came out of heaven and devoured all of them. All of them. That will mark their physical death, not their eternal death. Their eternal death is yet to come. Next is verse 10. Then he says, And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone. This is the final time the devil is mentioned. Where the beast and the false prophet are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. This is, these are things that will actually happen. They will be put there and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Then after that, we go into the white throne judgment. So verse 11 says that, And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. So the heaven will be taken away. This is when the heaven will be taken away completely, and the earth will be taken away completely. Then God sits on his white throne to judge all those who were disobedient to him in all the ages of the earth that has ever come today. So from before God recreated the earth. Genesis chapter 1 from verse 3 going. It's actually a recreation of the earth. Adam has been around for just 6,000 years. Before Adam, there were things that existed here already. There are beings. So on Sunday, I'm going to explain to you. There are beings in the sea and all of that. He's going to judge. All of them will be judged here. So death. Death today is just a dust pan. Death is a dust pan. That gathers the dust of the earth. Okay? And hell... Is a trash can for keeping the trash for a temporary time. Then the lake of fire is the crash can of the universe for crashing all those who destroyed God's earth and were disobedient to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So if you're a child of God, take God seriously because actually there'll be differences in our rule with him. And it depends on what we did for him here on earth. We'll be ruling and reigning with him, but there'll be differences, like I said. Some people will reign over a thousand cities. Remember, he gave, um, he was going away, he gave some people talents. He gave one five, he gave one two, and he gave one one. The one of the five traded with his five and got five more. The one with the two traded with his two and got two more. And the one with the one buried his talent and said that, I know my Lord, he's wicked. He's a wicked man. I know how he is. He reaps where he has not sowed. He does all those things, so I'll not mind him. And they did whatever they wanted to do. The one who had the five, when the Lord came, he gave, him, he gave him ten cities to rule over. The one who had four, he gave him four cities to rule over. The one who had the one, he took the one from him and gave it to the one who had the ten. And said that the one who has more shall be given more. So if you're a child of God, it's not time to joke with God at all. It's time to serve God, to love him and serve him. Because there's a day coming when we shall rule and reign with him. Where will your placing be? Will you rule over 10 cities over a little child, over a glass? What are you going to do? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So on Sunday, I'm going to share with you the white throne judgment. 
and I'll talk about the New Jerusalem, which is the beginning of eternity. And then we'll end on this series, and then we'll continue later from other things. Hallelujah. Yeah. I hope you've been blessed. Yeah. Wow. Lift up your hands and just thank God for what I shared with you. Father, we are grateful. We are thankful. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for all that you have said to us. Thank you for your power of your word. We are grateful, Lord. We are grateful. Thank you that these words are working in us. And we'll live our lives the way you have designed for us to live. Even in Jesus' name. Amen. So never say as a child of God that, oh, they should go. If they see God, maybe when God reveals himself to them, they'll believe him. Some people will see and not even believe. Do what God wants you to do now. And God will honor you on that day. Hallelujah. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.